sending this one out to my man Killer B. No doubt, indeed. Without weed, you know what I'm saying? That old real shit. There's a war going on outside, no man is safe from. You could run, but you can't hide forever from these streets that we done took. You walking with your head down, scared to look. You shook, cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks. They never around when the beef cooks in my part of town. It's similar to Vietnam. Now we all grown up and old and be on the cops' control. They better have the riot gear ready. Trying to back me and get rock steady. By the Mac 1 double, I touch you and leave you with not much to go home. What's going on guys? My name is El De Niro and welcome to a bonus episode of The Midnight Hour. This was supposed to be episode 87, but well, stuff happened. I'm joined on this episode by my cousin Dara who featured previously on episode 5, a guy who gained cult status on this podcast because his one appearance was like a super trippy episode and honestly it was probably the most unique episode of the show so far. This episode is also pretty unique because well we got really stoned and were completely unable to stay focused and on topic so we're left with the remnants of a potentially great conversation which starts out strong We discuss exercise and fitness and their influence on the mind, as well as Dara's business as a personal trainer, and we talk a little bit about how to maintain a positive spirit, I guess. Um, We also talk about psychedelic drug experiences, and then we kind of just got completely baked and started spouting complete and utter nonsense. I just sort of felt like it would be a shame to waste what was actually a three and a half hour long conversation, which culminated in me, like being completely done and uh, ruined and sleeping in all of my clothes on top of a bed not even getting under the covers so this is really a one-off type thing for me because I prefer to be focused and engaged when I'm podcasting but I figured I'd let you guys listen to this because as I said it would be a shame to waste it and it's something different and to be honest there is some salvageable quality within this the song opening the episode is Survival of the Fittest by Mob Deep and I'll be cutting in here and there to point out that we lost our train of thought or whatever. This episode is not on YouTube, so if you want to discuss it, I have created a thread on the subreddit, which is linked in the description, or if you can't click a link, it's reddit.com slash or slash midnight hour. And also Dara's Instagram page is in the description. It's Dara underscore Cali. That's D-A-R-R-A-G-H underscore C-A-L-I. And uh, it's a really impressive Instagram page. I would really appreciate it if you guys would go and give him a follow or maybe even send him a message to tell him what you thought of the podcast. But uh, more than anything, just check out some of the shit that he does. It's fucking outrageous. Like handstands on shopping trolleys and all sorts of crazy shit. All right, peace. Underneath my guest, God bless my soul. Before I put my foot down and begin to stroll into the drama I built. And all unfinished beef, you will soon be killed. Put us together. It's like mixing vodka and milk. I'm going out. Blasting, taking my enemies with me And if not, they scarred so they will never forget me Lord, forgive me, the Hennessy got me not knowing how to act I'm falling and I can't turn back Or maybe it's the words from my man Killer Black That I can't say, so what's left the untold fact Until my death, my goals will stay alive Survival of the fit, only the strong survive Yeah, yeah. we live in this till the day that we die Survival of the fit, only the strong survive No power in the verse can stop me. I actually don't know this. Genuine. I mean, I know. 
kind of what it involves. Yes. Can you explain what calisthenics is? It's like it's like exercise, except you do really fancy handstands and shit. Calisthenics is so broad that it is like calisthenics is um, street. It originated as like street workout. Um, it is like basically basic body weight movements uh, all the way up to advanced body weight movements it uses apparatuses like parallel bars chin-up bars um, there is flips twists spins explosive movements it's literally is the most impressive I personally think it's the most impressive type of training is there a crossover between that and parkour? Are those parkour guys very, very similar? Yeah, you know, parkour is like it's street running, you know, and it's, it's momentum it's, based. Yeah. yeah, and 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 some of calisthenics is momentum based as well, but like calisthenics has a huge crossover with certain things like CrossFit, gymnastics. What is CrossFit? CrossFit is, oh. CrossFit is an interesting one. It is basically, what, like what it says, it is um, a cross or a mix between different fitness. M- loads of like it's it's multidisciplinary. Um, so basically, you have things like powerlifting, gymnastics, um, uh, endurance, um, mm. like almost like uh, almost like obstacle course type training it literally um it kind of tries to cover everything right it's like bruce lee's jeet kune do it takes you know very good things from certain disciplines and prints or uh, disciplines in sport um and tries to compile it all together into this you know uh, one thing i have huge hang-ups over crossfit i think things like uh it's you know, huge community based things like that. I think that is brilliant. But where I see a problem with it is that you could go off and you could have never trained CrossFit, CrossFit before. You could pay like a thousand euro or whatever it is, and you can go and get this course done so that you are a level one or a level whatever certified CrossFit trainer, right? Mm. And you can literally do that. I think it's over like a weekend, right? Now, it could be talking shit but it is like within a couple of days you can have that right you have to have a relative fitness level though right like i couldn't do it as well as far as i know like literally anyone who can do no basic way. movements can can do it I'm missing um, a trick here another thing to add to the twitter bio crossfit uh, instructor i can guarantee you just from mentioning crossfit the fucking hate and the shit that people are gonna rain down about it would just be ridiculous <laughs> But I think you're underestimating my audience. I'll just I'll just give my give my opinion on it. Um, yeah, so basically, you could go do that course, pay your money, uh, become this certified trainer, mm-hmm. and with no personal training or fitness instruction experience ever before in your life, and you could literally leave that day with that certificate, and you could start up your own CrossFit gym. And you could just damage every motherfucker that comes in through your door. Yeah. And that and that unfortunately gives CrossFit a bad name. Is that anyone can just come along and um, enter into this and set up their own gym and injure people and hurt people and 
it's 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 shit that that's what gives a bad name but there are lots of things like um just very quickly like uh some of their approaches to um so they've got this like really good like community spirit community base right Mm. so what they do is they'll take like a lot of the time they'll take average people who can do average movements and you know um just like the the basic bare minimum um to start training and within a certain a short period of time they can get them to do things called like kipping pull-ups and kipping muscle-ups ah, sick. and uh uh like to- they call this thing toe to bar right so they get them they can like basically it w- it would be like if you came into a crossfit gym right and they took you and they were like you know in a couple of weeks or a couple of months you're going to be doing pull-ups and you could you would have said that never in a million years would you be doing pull-ups mm. and what they'll do is that they do this thing called kipping pull-ups and that usually from what i've seen in like just in in let's say clonmel in this town is that um it takes people who just are average uh and it allows them to use things like momentum before they have the strength to actually do a pull-up, right? Yeah. So what this does is they haven't built up built up the muscular strength. Um, but what's more dangerous is that they haven't build, built up the strength in their tendons and their ligaments, right? That's my so story now, right? So their connective tissue, right? And yeah, that is that is why your arms are hurting right now. Yeah, and you right. have it right in the middle of your arms. Yeah, right. At, at the, the end of your bicep. The opposite of is, the elbow. <laughs> That's yeah, sad. Yeah. yeah. So what you have there is you have you have damaged your tendon you are you have you have you've strained your tendon just to clarify to the listeners um i am a very unfit man which you know because i used to upload fifa games every single day um i did 31 minutes of (laughs) i did 31 minutes of exercise this week and my body is broken as a result of it i have what's called delayed onset muscle soreness or doms i'm sure every fitness person you know has spoken to you about it but yeah, my arms are really fucking sore and I can't straighten them and uh, that irks me. So that's the muscle tendon pain that I have for, I guess, overdoing it. Yeah. Or tra- well, working them at all. My, I don't know. Your first training session should... Like, if if you came away from one of my training sessions from, from your first session with tendon pain, um, first of all, Every time someone leaves my gym for the first time, the next time they come back, I ask them, do they have or did they have any pains after? And if they turn around and tell me that they had, which hasn't happened yet, if they turn around and tell me that they have tendon pain, um, you're not used to exercise, right? How dare you? You snap or damage that tendon. Like You're, you're talking about your bicep, literally ripping up into your shoulder and you'll have to get surgery to pull that back down and reconnect it to your to your arm mm. um so i mean your first session like should for me would i would only be seeing where you're at with basic movement you just use basic if someone does have tendon pain do you use that as a gauge for what they're capable of like do you know no, what I, mean? I i would i would uh basically for so introduction day i would just see basic movements if i mm-hmm. saw that you could do pull-ups or if i saw you could 
you know, we're, we're talking about tendon pain in your arm, so we'll just say bicep curls, right? Um, if I saw you could do bicep curls with 15 kilos uh, each arm, I would say that, okay, we can actually, we can do a pretty good workout. Um, Usually I do 45. But, if you're, but yeah. if, you're, if you're doing 10 kilos and you're sore and or you're getting tired very quickly, then I know, like, I would gauge your level very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um I mean, it just depends. The fact that you can't straighten out your arm means you 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 obviously you overworked it. But getting back to the CrossFit, um, so take the kipping pull up or a kipping muscle up or um, the toe to bar. Basically, you t- you take an you take an average person, and you don't develop their muscular strength. What you do is you get them to use momentum, right? And if anyone listening wants to see some funny shit look up a kipping pull-up like it is just ridiculous is it exactly what it sounds like it's like kip up from a from a backwards like a line on your back no no No? what it looks like is like basically like imagine a fish flopping right (laughs) but it's a person hanging from a bar right and they do this little flop and get their chin up to the bar. Ah, right? momentum. So they're actually, they're sort of they use flailing like their limbs s- about until they, yeah, but they, they're not actually using the muscle. To, yeah. Ah, right. right. No, so, so, sense, right. Yeah. so you've never trained before. And this makes perfect sense that to do that before you have the muscular strength to actually pull yourself, pull your chin up to that bar, mm. right? Um, what, has, what, what happens there is... You use momentum, mm-hmm. right? You're and taking shortcuts. You're not doing you're not the develop- exercise. Yeah, yeah. You're I, what I would say is if you want to do like, like you'll see in calisthenics that people will use like, it almost looks like kipping, but it's like they're, they're using momentum. Mm. These are all people who can like very, very slowly pull themselves, clean up, chin over the bar, yeah, turn, like be, have a false grip, um, do a muscle up, like all with, you know, really good controls. That's like slow. Calisthenics is very slow to look at. It's graceful. Some of it. Well, some of it, and then some of it's very fast. What I've seen from you is very slow. Like I do for Instagram purposes. You, to, you to, have a, a real. You put on a show as such, like to show exactly what's happening. Yeah. Well, that's what I have gauged anyway. Yeah, with so, with certain things. I mean, to, to be honest, um, I I right. So I. I do calisthenics and I teach calisthenics but that is not I would not say that I'm a callous like uh, that calisthenics is my business because it's not when I'm on the rings we are doing gymnastics I keep with I keep with gymnastics form right um when when I am on the ground on my hands doing handstands I am doing practice practicing the art of hand balancing right mm-hmm. um uh, like when I'm doing body weight movements, I'm actually doing, you know, body weight training. Just for the listeners, sorry to cut you off. Um, check out Dara's Instagram. I recently tagged him in a picture that I uploaded as we're recording this. Um, but it's Dara underscore Cali. And if you're from the UK or anywhere outside Ireland, Dara is spelled D A R R A G H underscore C A L I. And um. I'll link it in the description because obviously you're not going to go and do it based on what I'm saying. But um, yeah, it's uh, some of the shit that he does is absolutely outrageous. And uh, 
It's all fake. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, um, check it out. It's it's nuts. But definitely give him the follow on Instagram because I think he's earned your follow at this point. Two podcasts in. So, basically, what I'm telling you is that I don't actually... My thing isn't calisthenics. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is my business, which is the three pillars. And what that is, is mind, body, soul. And I have used the word calisthenics as a clever little way of being different, right? Because where where I'm from, calisthenics was not heard of. No, like relatively no one knew what it was. So by constantly bringing up the word calisthenics, it keeps people asking, "What what is this?" Right? For, for context here, yeah, you run your own business. Yeah, you do. Have a network of clients that extends to how many? Would you say like thirty five? Well, I have I have twenty three at the moment. I've had I've altogether I've had over forty. I have and your associates that you work with have fifteen. Uh, one of them has fourteen. The other has uh, between like fifteen and twenty. So you're talking a large network of people here. Yeah, for a small town, yeah. and the other thing is that. The, where we're at at the moment we don't really advertise we go mm-hmm. by completely by word of mouth yeah. Um, but yeah so basically uh, I used calisthenics the word calisthenics to just get people's interest I called myself Coach Cali just so people good or bad would say things about me that's that's really clever because um, not only is Coach Cali it's got that alliteration it rolls off the tongue type thing yeah. but Coach Kavanagh is a like major player now mm. like he's a person that people seek advice from so yeah. like you've got Coach and a name similar to his and plus Cali obviously resonates with the well people are either going to think California or California. right so when I hear Cali the first thing I think of is those uh, what the fuck are they called palm trees yeah, I'm going to palm trees and Sunset Boulevard yeah. and a car yeah. a topless car driving yeah. down it and I think because I've lived in California, yeah, <laughs> like as in I've lived there for a huge portion of my life, that I can actually get away with saying that, you know. You it's can, because like, yeah. it, it and you've got the California over. accent as well. <laughs> it's really Clearly, strong. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a guy. Um, I th- I think it's Ali who is a biology student. I actually had him on the podcast there two weeks ago. There was a point where I could not fucking upload an episode of this podcast without him being like. Get your cousin Dara back on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would say That's... he might be your number one fan, but you know, That's there, really cool. there are dozens of people out there. <laughs> dozens. <laughs> there is a handful. There of is at least four people that have asked. Them. No, but um, yeah, you were on episode five, and we spoke about dreams, and um, I want to pull that up real quick because yeah. we're we're gonna jump around in conversation everywhere yeah. here, right? There's there's no theme of this episode. When I look that way, I'm talking to them. Cool. Um, I had a dream a while ago that I just wanted to tell you about purely because of how fucked up it was, right? Cool. Um, I was kind of unwell. And you know when you fall into a kind of a flu state, you take different like sleep patterns and you have weird dream states and stuff, right? Yeah. So I, and I had started this medication that gives you really intense dreams. And um, I was fucking... Sitting at my computer desk. This is before I fell asleep, right? I was sitting at my computer desk. As I am at most points during the day. 
and um, I was like, oh, I, I'm really just not feeling well. Like my head was really warm. So I lay down on my bed and I drifted off for about 20 minutes, right? And I started dreaming and I was at my computer desk clicking away on my mouse playing football manager. Yeah. And I noticed it was really, really, really warm. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense because I've got the flu. Yeah. And um, everything was just really, really hot to touch. And I had like a little tiny blister on my finger. And I started scratching away at it. Like, you know, like a cyst or a whatever. Yeah. And I looked at my jumper and I pulled my sleeve up over my palm of my hand. And there was little holes cut out of my jumper. And then I pulled my jumper apart and I realized that the heat had made it disintegrate. Yeah. And I realized that I was just really hot that I couldn't actually breathe. And I pulled my curtain back and all I saw outside was not even fire, but post-fire, like nuclear yeah, yeah. EMP effect coming yeah. in. And I, I rolled the curtain back and I turned around to run away. And I couldn't run and I sort of fell over and I went like, ah! And then I jolted up in bed and... It was like I had just witnessed the apocalypse. Like, not only had I died in a dream, which I very rarely do, yeah. but the whole world ended in my dream. And I can, I swear to God, I thought about it every day for about eight weeks after. And it was one of the most fucked up experiences. I, get, I was shook, like. Yeah, it's amazing the impact that a dream can have on your, you know, your waking state, your... Um, mood you're yeah but I, I, a really really good example of that is I have had many a dream where uh, someone has done something to me you know something wrong to me mm-hmm. and when I see that person you carry it over I get a little bit of that like yeah. you fucker yeah, you yeah. fucking and then I'm like oh wait and, and right uh, something I really w- would like to talk to you about is visualisation and how um like visualization it is very very hard to once you have uh an image or a dream or um you visualize something it is very hard for your brain to distinguish after a while whether that was reality or whether it was you know just something you conjured up you know and it's like um if you've ever had an experience where you've gone off and you've told people about it and whatever, and then a couple of months later, you go to tell it again or you're, you're talking to someone and, like, you may recall it differently. Yeah. You know, it's like... Um, Our ability to remember in general is really flawed. We, yeah, We can't is, recall yeah. memories, like, at all. Yeah. And we, and we, we recall them uh, in a biased way. Oh, completely. You yeah. know, and um, it's amazing. Like, you... Uh, a situation might happen and when you look back on it you I just firmly believe that we always use images uh, in reference to everything so you're sitting here in front of me you're looking at me but if I say don't think of a cat Mm-hmm. Right. What black cat runs around okay so there was a black cat right yeah. and, and, now, I, and I saw a black cat today I actually looked we saw at one it. when we were sitting in the car did we? Yeah, when we pulled up. I didn't see that. Black hat. You were talking about it. I was looking in the rearview mirror. I was somewhere else. Okay. But but we... Were you there when we went down to the stables? I don't know if you were with no, us. No, I wasn't. No. Right. Well, no. I saw the black cat. Yeah. 
and it was gigantic. Yeah. And that's not the black cat that I saw in my head when you said, don't think of a black cat. So it's not even that these images are connected to memories necessarily. It's just an image of a thing that you, whatever your default yeah. one that you come up with. Yeah, and I, I said, don't think of a cat. Mm. So, but you thought of a black cat, but it wasn't that black Nah, cat. you said think of a black cat. I got this all on audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese whispers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically... I just said that to you. You are looking at me. You did not have your eyes closed. You're not in a dream state. Yet, uh, you actually pictured that cat. Yeah. So what is, like, and and that's really, really interesting, is, like, um, like, uh, this image of a cat is in your brain. And you actually, while while, while you're looking at me, you didn't, you know, hallucinate and see a black cat, yet you pictured this black cat in your mind there right? wasn't a transition so it, wipe on the screen yeah or it didn't get past your it didn't get into your visual cortex yeah right and your visual cortex didn't like you know yeah. show you this like it's um yeah it's an amazing thing so i think like when you have when you have a dream like that um and you remember it vividly or you remember it even like in certain images um that over time if you keep thinking about it and you're like what if that actually happened and you start looking around you can actually start to feel like you know Mm -hmm. it felt like that happened absolutely because in your dream when you woke up you like i've had dreams where i've killed someone and i've i've woken up and i've like my heart has been pounding i've been like i felt right waking up what I know would more than likely be what someone who just killed someone mm-hmm. would feel like. Yeah. Which is just absolutely insane. But I, like, I conjured up these images. Something about dreams. The fact that you can have your five senses in a dream. Your five, like your five senses are, is, is what lets you know you are here, you are grounded. Just by you sitting on that chair you have you know um information going to your brain letting your brain know exactly where you are on that chair and that is why you're not falling over right now and you know like you if you have those five senses in a dream then like what is reality that is like it's also worth mentioning that our perception of memory recall always relates specifically to images because TV has trained us. Do you think it's TV? Absolutely, I do, yeah. I completely do. Here's why. If you... So, can I just yeah. cut across you rudely and ask... Um, so, what you're saying is that you think that before there was television, that people didn't uh, associate words with images? I don't think that... It wasn't necessarily images. I think people historically always associated words with words, right? But what I think is that if you think of a poem from the past, right, any poem, usually it will start along the lines of, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a poem, but like a story or whatever. The sun shone brightly in the sky. There was sulfur in the air or smell of fresh cut grass, something like that, right? Yeah. This is my reasoning. It's something I just, this is a brief metaphor to explain why I think this way. But I think if you have an era before TV of people recalling memories, it strikes me that the first thing they relate to would be the temperature 
and the smell because you can recall how it feels to be really hot. You can think about that. You can imagine the sweat and how uncomfortable you are walking with the sweat. You can think of the smell of mint and chocolate chip ice cream. You can think of the taste of it and feel it in your mouth. That's memory recall. The same way that when you remember being you inside of your head with the you holding the joypad looking at yourself through your eyes, you're remembering an image-based thing. But memory also comes in the taste, smell. Yeah, in the sensory form. Yeah. But, no, in my, in my head it is that every conscious brain... Which is dogs, cats. You think they all do images? Well, of course they do, because mm-hmm. what... So I'll just... I'll just... Just real quickly, I'll say I think it's mostly images. But I think the idea that memory is, is completely... I, the, the kind oh, of, oh, no, complete. The completely. whole thesis of this podcast, basically, is pop culture's impact on reality and, and, and society. Yeah. Like that, that's what kind of every episode ultimately ties back to. And I think that TV has shaped their... Like, the way that we think our memory is flawless i think we do that because movies have shown us that when you're inside of a memory you can look around in the memory and find something that is new information and that idea comes from the fact that it's like a memory is in this drawer which is locked so my <laughs> experiment totally flawed <laughs> Both of them but if i if i pull the drawer out and pick up a file and examine it i can find absolute things in there that i've never seen before and they are absolute because they are in this file if I root you a memory, that's not how it fucking works. Because you don't remember it like that. I just want to finish the, the one thing. When you look at an image or when you look at anything and that saves in your memory, so take it like a memory card, that saves in your memory, you see that image again that comes in Um, through your brain and is recognized so we are constantly recognizing things so if we are constantly recognizing things um, then we are constantly dealing in images so like there's like there's no way that TV TV could have spurred you know that imagery on but definitely like everything has to relay everything in images because without that you know your brain probably can't function properly maybe it's just that you're maybe what i because if i if i ask you what is um what is that bottle in front of us made up of and for in order for you to tell me what that is made up of you have to think in images you have to think in images. Yeah, I suppose. You know? i tell you what it is made up of. Empty beer. It's it not is. true, but it consists of empty it beer. It is. I will be back in a moment. No problem. Oh, do you need that? No, I'm good. So, tell me why you train people. Why I train people? Yeah, because it's not always to make them physically fitter, is it? It's something else. No, my my number one reason for training people, and it is, it's my goal, is to change how people perceive themselves and life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just happen to find that by training people in things like balance, gymnastics... Uh, body weight, mindfulness type mm. movements, yoga, 
that I've been able to have conversations with people and give my perception on things and give my um, you know way of thinking yeah and you know I really really believe that everyone wants to be better and wants to be um, smarter fitter stronger whatever it is and um, I think that if you can like what I do is I share my story so I share that you know I used to have severe anxiety, depression. Um, I, you know, was in a very, very, very bad place, and I was able to turn my life around and, you know, become someone that I I just was not, and I didn't think I ever could be. Mm. So, by using those techniques, that basically I went counselors, therapists. Um, I was in, I was in a a rehab clinic, um, so like, I picked up a lot of tools along the way, and what I did was, one day I realized that, like, no therapist or counselor or anyone could change my situation for me, and the day I, because I was always going to these people thinking, you know, this next person, this next therapist is, you know, just going to have the answer and, like, is going to fix me or whatever. Would you say it's fair to say that you assume that because on TV that's what always fucking happens? The therapist says, like, you're feeling this way because you of your repressed memory about that thing that happened that time. Or else it's, you're using this as a metaphor for this and that's why you can't blah, blah, and then the guy fixes it and then he does the great thing. That's why, like, my entire perception of psychotherapy yeah, ruined by TV. That's very, yeah, that's a very good observation. <laughs> Thank Definitely. you. That's all I needed. Uh, I realise that it is me and only me that can change, like, my circumstance or my situation that I was in. So I started using some of these um, tools and techniques. I, I realised that... What, if I broke it down, what had actually happened to me was I allowed uh, obsessive, negative um, thoughts run and occupy my mind. And I broke it down even further and I realized that um, all these negative thoughts was all to do with I am anxious, I am sad I'm depressed I'm all these different things and then I was watching some motivational stuff or whatever and came across like the power of the words I am I started thinking about it and I was like you know things like affirmations you know saying I am happy I am confident I am strong I'm whatever you, you know you want to be um is like those are just putting the positive things into your head so if you look at what you're doing in your head you're saying I am sad I am this I'm that and if you replace that consciously by writing down I am happy or I am whatever you can start to fill your head with this is what I am like I am happy and what I found was you start to you'll have an experience so I, I said these you know things this is just an example of one one of the tools i used 
um, I said these affirmations out to myself and I did it three times a day morning lunchtime dinner um, just after my dinner every single day and I would start to notice that I'd be in a situation and because I was saying this to myself so much that if something made me happy I would just confirm that you know oh I'm actually happy like so I'd start to focus on all the positive things and like, the minute a positive thing that you know I wanted to be would happen to me I would you know recognize that mm-hmm. and I, so I basically shifted you my mindset it in a way yeah I basically changed you know all the negative things that were going on in, in my head into positive things and I put my focus which is what it all comes down to put my focus on things that were good for me things that I wanted to be and I ended up taking my focus off negative things it's to me it's really simple well actually what sort of stuff did you I I guess what type of uh, media did you consume to get to that place of understanding that you had the power to make the change I read a few books that changed my I suppose my like my life and my perception on things yeah uh how to win friends and influence people and the power of now which I actually have there yeah I have the audiobook of it um one thing I wanted to say about those was that if you were to go and speak to a psychologist yeah about these books what do they mean they'll tell you that they're garbage or that it's just regurgitating the same message about um, the Buddhist uh, spirituality, enlightenment, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's funny to me that they say it's just regurgitating that message. But surely, if the message has lasted that long, does it matter what package it comes in as long as it helps the person? Yeah, that is. If 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 that is the case, and that's true, then that's just a placebo effect. And the fact that a placebo effect is that powerful then just mere suggestion of anything can have an effect. And if that happens to be geared towards something positive and it has an effect... Does it matter? Does does it actually matter? If you went to the doctor, the doctor gives you that sugar pill, tells you it's going to fix your fucking whatever, you will be expecting that just by that mere suggestion that you take this pill it's going to do this for you so you're going to walk around as if yes this is working this is in some cases have you ever read the effectiveness of placebos yeah right there's three categories right they give someone a pill they tell them it's going to do the thing Mm -hmm. they no there's two categories they give someone a pill they tell them this pill is going to do the thing and they give someone a pill and they say this is a sugar pill Sorry, there is three categories. They say, this is a sugar pill, uh, might make you feel better. And the third category is they give someone a pill and they say, this is a placebo, it will do nothing for you, right? Yeah. And what happens is, uh, the placebo itself has a shockingly effective uh, percentage ratio. It's, I, I don't know what it is, two-thirds anyway. I, I think it's in the region of 70% yeah. of placebos working, right? And, that, and that's backed up by science. I heard that on a podcast called Stuff You Should Know, where they, they quoted all of the sources. Really good. I, I listened to all the ones that you, that yeah, you gave me. Yeah, really cool. Um, and 
the second one, the effectiveness is still over 50% of saying to someone, this isn't actually the pill for the exact thing you're looking for, yeah. but it might make you feel better. Yeah. People will say, really effective. Yeah. And the people, out of the people who are given a pill and told that it's a placebo, 33% of them <laughs> report that it worked anyway. Yeah. So that's the effectiveness of it. It's not even, I don't even think it's what you tell a person. I think it's as long as you act like you're doing something for it, then they just, it works. Like, just having the idea of there being a potential help or anything works. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it just works. Yeah. So, obviously, everyone has that power within them, you know? Yeah. And that is the, like, beautiful, like, power of the mind, you know? Yeah. Like, the mind, the things that your mind can do but then the things that like your mind can inhibit you from doing just to let you guys know we completely fell off topic at this point we lost what we were talking about and i'll leave the nonsensical ramblings that followed at the very end of the episode but the topic is going to change now and this is really the point where the weed kicked in and i think like the conversation is kind of at its most sketchy from here on out so just you know enjoy the rest and just don't be too critical of it thanks sense of you being sarcastic have you listened to Limp Bizkit's album Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water yes. there is an interlude in that album where everyone is talking along the lines of how you just spoke they're like this thing I'm saying is so emphatic that you can't even imagine and it sounds so emphatic because you're leaning back and speaking all broadly and shit that is definitely just my posture. One hundred percent, that is my posture, and I'll tell you why. When I started going out with my girlfriend, she th- she thought I was she thought I was really short, which I am, mm. but she thought I was shorter than I actually was. And when we started going out, we realized that I was actually the same height as her, if not just a little taller. Yeah. So, um, I realized my posture was fucking really, really leaving me down. It was leaving me down by like an inch off my height. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not messing. When I realized that, I was like, you have gone through like how many years of having this bad posture, not realizing that you're shortening your height. You've had a real hang up over your height as well for a long time. You've said that like... Like, I genuinely really... like. You don't know that about yourself? No. That's mad. No, no, not that. It's as as in... People have always reminded me of it and said it to me and, like, made me, like, become almost self-conscious about it. But I always, like, thought... My body, my height... Like, the things I can do with my body... Look at my Instagram, Mm. right? The things I can do with my body, the strength I have, for anyone listening, and I'm like, I'm not fucking trying to show off. I bicep curled 70 kilos today a couple of times, no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, from all the training, from all the things that I'm doing. Like, 
the things that I do with my body make me who I am. And literally, they make my business, they make, you know, me as a person, they make me as uh, someone in, you know, f- the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, so, like, I look at, like, I look at most fucking six-foot-anything people, and I can jump higher, I can run faster, I can, ju- like, I can jump my fucking height and land on a, on, on tires, on wheels. That's what I have out my back. I set That's it, some Brock Lesnar I set it to my height, and I can jump on top of it. So, like, I look at any anyone six-foot over or anything like that that would say you know something about my height because my height I can st- I'm in my head in my head I'm bigger faster stronger but better. I know that about you huh? now but you were insecure about it before before you were the person you give are me, now. give me an example oh dude I remember uh, you were staying in my house um, when I lived in Waterford and you were sitting on the couch talking to my mum and you were saying you know if you're fat you can lose weight like you know if you're skinny, you can gain weight. If you want to have muscles, you can yeah. have muscles. If you want to be taller, you can't do that. Yeah. Your height is sort of influenced by a number of things that stop when you're 21, yeah. 22, or whatever it is. So I remember you saying that, it being a big deal to you. I remember you idolizing a bodybuilder from Poland named Marius Puzhanowski. It's not Poland, is it? No, it, no, it is. Uh, but he's, he's a strong man. Who who I was admiring was uh, Franco Colombo. Before him, you liked Marius Pujnowski. Yeah, I always, you, you always yeah. said he's the smallest guy there, and he's a yeah. fucking badass. Yeah, I think Marius is only like six foot or six foot one or something like that. Is that all? And yeah, but every strong guy is six foot nine, seven foot. They're big, big motherfuckers. Wankers. Seven foot might be an exaggeration, but. Um, probably best but not anyways, to no, it was, it was Franco Franco Colombo and he was um, he was a bodybuilder back in the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger days um, but he was only he was only the same height as me and he, you know he put it up to the biggest guys or whatever but I actually know what that conversation with your mother was actually about um, and I don't think Honestly, don't think that that was my insecurity. Um, I have always said uh, that if, and it's happened to me before, that someone has, you know, someone who is overweight has remarked or said something to me about being small. And I always had this argument uh-huh. where I said that I would say, like, you calling me small is like me calling you fat, which you are. But I would never say that to you because that would obviously, you know, make, it would be me trying to make you feel bad. For who you are. Yeah. And then I always say to them that you can change being Mm. fat. I am. Yeah, maybe I'm completely misremembering it then. Yeah, I, it has always been something that has come up and I think I've always been fucking true to myself and like I'd, I'd say if more to, people said it to you true to my abilities true to everything that like that shit like I know exactly who I am and what I can do and what I'm capable of and I know like things like my personality can bring me further than any height ever could so as regards my height like 
I have genuinely felt very comfortable. The only thing I've ever had an issue with is anyone who tries to actually put that on me, that, you know, my height could in any way hinder anything for me. It's just absolute bullshit. You don't think I could beat you up because I'm taller than you? Not in a fucking million years. So it's not why I'm... It's not because I'm taller than you, but I could beat you up. That's what you're saying. If, it, if you were able to beat me up, Let's, I can okay. guarantee you no, it would on. not be to do with your height. Let's it just say, for example, mm-hmm. you're, me, me and you are in the octagon. Yes. You're at one side, I'm at the other. I have a handgun. <laughs> you have your arms tied behind your back and tigers are eating your legs. Are you saying that I couldn't kill you in that situation? You could, but it would not be because you're a taller. <laughs> Motherfucker. You heard it here first. Um, right, so listen. The level of... Uh, would you call it spiritual fulfillment or would you call it life satisfaction? Or like, what kind of term do you use to describe your overall gauge on happiness? Right, Because happiness is not a lasting thing. It's a thing that happens. What we really think when we talk about happily ever after or whatever, yeah. what we're actually thinking is what's your overall life satisfaction? For yeah. me now, like, mine's decent. I have a good job that I like. I've, you know, got a girlfriend that I love. I've got all that stuff. So my life satisfaction, yeah, decent. Am I really happy? No, because I didn't win a lot of money yesterday. I, I didn't meet an old friend that I haven't seen in ages who bought me a pint. You know, like, these are the things that make you happy, and they're, they're fading, and they're uh, whatever. So They're fleeting moments, basically. Yeah. is that a qu- That's a quote from someone, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Me? Um, I asked you a question before I started talking there. You, Your level of that satisfaction, whatever yeah. you call it, you have Happiness. achieved by like working on yourself, everything about yourself. Yeah. Um, a lot of fitness stuff goes into that too. Yeah. Another thing that you do is, what is it called? Cold conversion therapy or something? No. Cold immersion. Yeah, because I googled cold conversion therapy, and let me tell you, there's a lot of shit. I'd say it gets freaky. <laughs> well, there, there's a thing in America they do called gay conversion therapy. Yeah. Where they. I watched the Vice fucking. I didn't watch it, but yeah, it's anyway. Up, yeah. yeah, it's fucked up. Um, luckily, the Vice President doesn't support that kind of thing. Anyway, as if that was it, as if Mike Pence is listening, I'm just like, yeah. Get that jab in on you. <laughs> Fuck you, Donald Trump. Um, cold immersion therapy. Yeah. Uh, basically... My first introduction immerse, to yeah. this came in the Iceman documentary from Vice, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, and Vice is very... Bias. <laughs> Not only are they biased, though, they're downright insane. Like, they're... they're in ways. I, like, I, I really think... They mean well by it, you know. I, I think but they're about the click. I think they used to be. I think they used to mean well, and they used fucking to have a that's how they make money. And they and they Absolutely, do yeah. put out some really really yeah, good I'm quality not stuff. It, but they also have a lot of shit. Yeah, and you know what? I think if I had their power and oh, I was I doing what they're doing, I would be trying to get my perception of Dude, a I certain li- subject. I like to just to other people. troll people about. I I love saying a thing like. 
Steven Gerrard made Liverpool all about him and it held them back and they should have sold them. I, I don't even care if I believe it. If someone were to put a gun to my head and say, do you actually believe that's true? I guess I could conjure up an answer. Yeah. But if people are like, do you actually think that? I couldn't give a fuck. Whichever side of the argument starts the largest fire, that's the side that I want to rile up the most. I'm on the opposite of that side. So like, I get Vice and I'm fucking down for them publishing some article saying Jaden Smith is revolutionising reggae music or whatever because he wore a fucking Jamaican Adidas t-shirt. Like They'll publish an article saying that and the comment section is so triggered. They're like, what the fuck? This little talentless hack hasn't done anything for any... Like, I fucking love that shit. That, that's what I want in the world. I want people getting angry at shit for no reason. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't like Bill Maher, so... Bill Maher is... Like he's, he's a little bit of a hack. A tiny a little bit of a hack. poster boy for that. Though. I don't think he is. No, I, I actually... I, I think it's more surprising that I don't like people like Milo Yiannopoulos when he is that. He is the most that in our culture that we have. And I think he's a useless cunt. And, and the thing about Bill Maher is he comes to the table with what he perceives are facts but they're not whereas Vice is opinion based yeah. I can deal with opinion based I cannot deal with the guys who are like like when, when Milo was on Bill Maher he said something to the effect of yeah transgendered people commit more sex crimes proportionally than anyone else yeah. right and that is an abs- not only is that not true but the opposite of that is true they are the victims of more sex crimes yeah. than any other yeah. like so I don't like that I like I, I would like it if he said something to the tune of feminine like he, he said something like um no one is an actual lesbian, everyone just pretends to be lesbians. He has this idea that any good looking girl that is a lesbian is only saying that. Like I like that because that's an opinion and that's gonna make people angry. I'm down for that. But I'm not down for you saying transgender people are criminals and you shouldn't trust them when that's not true. And Bill Maher does the same shit. This is the longest tangent rant I think I've ever been on in my life. So look, Vice. Hold on, I'm actually going to drop some fucking knowledge into this, right? The way um, your brain forms uh, when, you're, um, when you're in the womb is basically, like, it's not determined what sex you are mm-hmm. until a certain stage. And areas of your brain are given like a sex so your default sex is male but like the reason why we have nipples is because it isn't until our you know until the confirmation of what sex we are that uh, nipples are part of the growth period before that um but while the I think it's while while the hypothalamus is being formed, it's the hypothalamus if it's male or female, but other areas of the brain are we'll say take take a gay male, right? Um areas of their brain are female. That is why they have female tendencies towards males. When you say they are female, do you mean they're sort of populated predominantly by typically female chemicals 
like estrogen instead I would, of I would, well I, I don't know the answer to that question but mm-hmm. in my opinion it would be that gay males because they have kind of like they don't have a, a strong voice box yeah yeah things like that like so voice box is all to do with like testosterone um so things like like you know high estrogen or progesterone levels in males it's mostly estrogen um would cause you know female um you know uh actions or traits female traits so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think it's interesting that there are female traits you know that thing that gay guys supposedly do where they put their hand out and swipe it down because girls do it too yeah why I do girls know. do it in the first place I don't place? know I, I, I don't think you don't think it's because girls do it too I don't know I don't yeah I think it is I think girls typically are characterized not characterized they're not characterized by this thing but girls have a very definitive flailability in their limbs you ever look at a picture of a bunch of girls and they're all sort of leaning down at a weird angle yeah. as if their glass is really heavy mm-hmm. what is that that that's some kind of i think girls are floppy with their limbs and i think that's where the gay hand swipe comes from this is the longest i've ever dedicated to that topic i think, <laughs> as a point I, I think that's funny because i actually haven't like uh something to say on that like if you if you see like a kind of an alpha male type Man, like and me, like, <laughs> and then you. Why see, is that fun? No, just kidding. I know it's funny. Go on. <laughs> and then you see, um, you know, someone really camp, um, you know, really flamboyant, or just like a lot of gay people, gay men do this. Like they'll the way they stand, they'll stand with their hip off to one side, yeah, leaning on one leg with one leg kind of relaxed, yeah, and it's so weird. I was fucking standing in the kitchen the other day and I found myself while I was on my phone doing that <laughs> for like a split second and I was like what it's straightened up I was like you're not, you're not fucking slipping you're gonna stand like that well I, I do something that is I do I there's something I do I don't know what it is is it the way I hold the phone there's something I do that's extremely effeminate and people always tell me and like I don't really give a shit to be honest yeah and um, yeah, I don't know. It just like I, I agree with your, I agree with you, even though we don't have any actual evidence to support it. But like, I do agree that I think the evidence looking at gay people and the way that like this is politically incorrect to say. But Wait, like, what I just said about about the brain being female and male and mm. stuff. No, that is proven. Oh, it's proven. Yeah. Well then, like I, I, I mean, that's what I observe. But I always hear... We should have... Man, we need to have my sister on this podcast because, you know, all the brain stuff that I'm bringing up? Yeah. She can fucking... I know. She can break that shit down to fucking find... My sister is a neuroscientist. She's only... She's only 23. She's a neuroscientist. She's doing a PhD... Or she's doing a master's in neuropharmacology. No, it's a PhD. No, no, it's not. She's... She sat at the party. Right? Yeah, that she's gotten accepted for some oh, PhDs. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so she um, basically can drop an, a lot of knowledge on the brain and stuff. Knowledge like bomb. An N bomb. An N bomb. <laughs> <laughs> a K N bomb. Um, I was going to say something that was going to lead us into the next topic perfectly. Don't know. I just ag- I agree with that. What you're saying. 
So anyways, I don't know, did I get the answer to the question? Are you going to, like, are people going to know that you're stoned? Do you want me to put it in the title? Doing this podcast, like. Yeah, yeah, I will let them know. I'll say it in the intro. Yeah? Yeah, I will straight up say we smoked a few joints while we were recording. Cool. Yeah, keep it real. There's no point, I'd be lying. Yeah, exactly. I'd be really, like, I'd be like, I don't really want you to put up this podcast if you didn't tell people. Partly because, because I, it's I feel like at some point we digressed into nonsense. I feel like that's happened more than once. And I think it would add a lot of context to that if I said, listen, we were... We baked. got baked. <laughs> we got stumped. Yeah. We were blasted. Yeah. Cool. It'd be so handy to have a Jamie. Jamie, can you yes. pull our statistics on? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? We need to get a Jamie. I know, we really do. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about cold immersion therapy. Okay, yeah. So basically, cold immersion therapy is where you get you immerse yourself in cold water, and sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> so cold immersion is very simple. It's immersing yourself in cold water or anything cold. The Navy do that. Or some Marines or one of them. I would imagine any training principle that was to do with mental toughness and resilience. Literally, those two things. Mental toughness and resilience. Uh, they would implement cold immersion mm. in their practice. Um, yeah, the Army do it. Um, so do you get into a cold shower? I get into a cold shower every single morning. Do you ever have a hot shower? Yeah, yeah. Alright. So yeah. what, you start off cold, turn it hot? Um, what I used to, uh, Right, okay. I'll tell you the whole reason why I got into it. Um, I used like have this thing where I was petrified of cold water. I love jumping off holly, like jumping off bridges into water, mm. um, cliffs. I love that shit. The only thing that would ever fucking bug me is the cold water. And you stop me from doing it sometimes. And like, um, you know, even there was a diving board one time and I really, I was mad to do flips and whatever off it and just the cold water stopped me. Huh. So then one, um, one day I was like, I was like, how I'm going to beat this is if I just fucking get into something that's so cold, that's just fucking freezing, that I'll, you know, if I keep doing that, I'll just get used to it and it won't, fuck it, it won't bother me. You faced your fear. Yeah, so I did it. I got in, I filled a bath full of really, really cold water, uh, filled, it, filled it with ice and got into it. And then I started doing it for eight, like I started doing it for like maybe two times a week. Um, and I really started like to enjoy it. What inspired you to do it the second time? So after the first time you did watching it, that Wim Hof, the Iceman documentary on bikes. Yeah, when I get oh wait, ask me that again because I don't think I I didn't let you finish. So. When you so you did it for about five weeks, I think you said, or no, you were doing it two to three times a week was what you said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I added the two and three in my head, and I was like, did it five weeks. Um, you did it for the first time because it was to face your fear. Yeah. What 
made you do it the second time? Why would you do it again? You did it to face your fear, you did it, you did the thing. Why do it again? Really, really simple, right? I did it. I controlled my breathing. I controlled my... um, Basically, almost controlled my temperature. I got out, and when you get out from cold immersion... Um, you get this like really warm, glowing kind of feeling through your whole body, and you get a really like clear head. Um, just it elates you, and any of any of the listeners that like would have ever looked up medical journals or medical ex- you know any experiments or findings. Quite quite a few of them do. Like not joking. Yeah. So NCBI, um, PubMed. Uh, you can look up cold immersion therapy and the benefits and it will tell you I don't know the amount of time or the temperature of the water but it being um, immersed in cold water um, can boost your I think it's your dopamine by 350% um, and your what is it neuro epinephrine which is like your neuroadrenaline your brain adrenaline that's right can yeah. boost that with like 250 fucking percent that was the phenomenon so, thing about the guy right was his ability to control his own adrenaline yeah, that's the thing that humans yeah. can't control yeah um really really cool story for you actually and um do you remember you mightn't remember you know Keith Barry the magician yeah we <laughs> I brought you to see him that I time. know, but I just said the magician so that I Okay. You don't need to phrase this it now. This guy's a magician. He's, uh, he's like the Irish Darren Brown, and he's hmm. not as smug, I think, as Darren Brown. And yeah. doesn't make you think that putting your hand over your face can put you to sleep. Yeah. Which is a ludicrous notion. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, good. Of course not. All of that, the pair of suggestion, you can, like... I really, really believe in things like hypnosis. I think. But do you think oh, I, I? Do you think it's possible for me to? No. No provocation. No. So fuck Darren Brown is what you're saying. To a certain extent. Fuck Darren Brown. It's good entertainment. Yeah. But um, yeah, basically Keith Barry did. Oh, sorry, Keith Barry did. Um, he's uh, immersed himself in ice for really? a, yeah and I can't remember it. I think it was like 15 minutes or 18 minutes or something like that and he had to get pulled out and I had done ice baths and controlled my breathing um, when I was kind of at the height of it and I had controlled my breathing for like 20 minutes where I could stay in that thing for 20 minutes and fucking keep just using breathing and it's oh, it's it's like meditation. It's just literally like every fucking thought and worry and all that shit is gone from your head. You're just like dealing with this one thing that is here and right now, and that's all you can deal with. Uh, real quickly, let's just talk about that. Yeah. When you say your your fears, your depression, all of these things go away, and the only thing you're left with is, will we call it your consciousness? All you're left with is the fact that you're you. I think it's the fact that you're left with. You are in the here and now, the like right this moment, right? So what that frees you from is the past and the future, and the voice in your head, and the vo- yeah, because the vo- the voice in your head will not. It has like, if it's not thinking of the past and it's not thinking of the future and it's in the right now, there's n- like there's nothing. 
but you can't really end up thinking bad things. It's synchronicity you're, with your yeah. So um, I I think I got this idea of a split in the self from the book The Power of Now, which I have only read about a chapter of. Um, but the one of the very first lines in it is the narrator. <laughs> I just gave up that I listened to the book and didn't read it. And I tried to make myself sound really clever by being like, I only read a chapter, which means I only listened to seven minutes of it. <laughs> the, the guy who wrote the book narrates it anyway. Oh, um, no. Man, you cannot listen to that motherfucker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he is so dull. Uh, okay, right. Anyone listen to this. I don't care if you even give a shit about what we're actually talking about. Google or uh, YouTube Eckhart Tolle, the um, the writer of the Power of or the Power of Now, yeah, yeah. Um, he, like you cannot listen to mm-hmm. that man for very long. It is like it's an experience to just have to endure one, one this man's from it, fucking though. voice and his drollness. <laughs> uh, one sentence struck me, and it was like, "Is drollness a word?" Could very well be. Well, it is. Drawability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one sentence struck me, and it was probably not a sentence, it was a paragraph. I, I started this thought a long time ago when I had the words in my head, and I don't anymore. But um, one thing that struck me about it was he said something like he woke up in the middle of the night. Oh, no, sorry, he couldn't sleep, and he was so upset with himself and so angry at himself that he thought, I, I can't live with myself. And he thought the idea of him saying, I can't live with myself, implies that there is another. Because yeah. how can he not live with him, right? Yeah. So there's got to be another thing there. So he split his personality between, or not his personality, but his conscious train of thought between him, him that can't live with the himself. So the himself in that scenario is the noise in your head. Yeah, I've got a good little spin on it. Go on. Um, uh, you know the way... Like you might fucking miss a deadline, or you might fucking do something bad, and you're like, you're like, how did I fucking do that? And when you say how did I do that, you're thinking from a different mind almost, Mm -hmm. because the person that is saying, you know, how could I not have done that? You know, when you're meant to do something, you knew you were meant to do it, or whatever. Um, How could I not do that? Well, who? Like you're like literally always constantly, you know. I I right. Listen, I don't know if it's the weed or the fact that I have just figured this out in a genius way, but let's say you exist and you walk around and you do all the stuff, right? Your that noise in your head analyzes you as though it were you, and all of a sudden you've come out of yourself walking around. And now you're sitting in a room where you monitor the CCTV footage of you walking around. You are the thing walking around, and the noise in your head is the guy observing you walking around. And when you listen to the noise in your head, you become that guy, and you criticize everything that you do, because you're watching it from a distance. You're no longer the person doing the things. So you don't have the capacity to think, why am I doing this stupid thing? Because you never think that way. You always think, why did I do this? Yeah. That makes sense. I am constantly. I'm not like exaggerating. I am just constantly 
analyzing myself. Dude, same. Breaking my fucking that's everything why I, That's down. why it takes me about two hours worth of lying I'm in bed before so, I fall asleep. I am asleep. so fucking interested in it. It is just amazing. It's like, it's like, if I want to do all these things that I have set out as my goals and dreams, then, like, the only way I'm going to do that is if I, you know, become the person that, you know, is that or, you know, is has reached that level and in order for me to do that I have to literally constantly assess where I'm at and is that in line with what I'm trying to do or where I'm trying to go what you wish you were or whatever yeah I, I'm the opposite I'm always in the why did I do this why did I do that I am such a blah blah, blah. like if you, know. you look at yeah there is a that is so that is yin and yang that is night and day absolutely yeah <laughs> You're looking at the day, I'm looking at the night. Yeah. And it's, we live in the same basic existence. Um, There's a really... I saw this on Pinterest. It's uh, live by the sun, love by the moon. Nice. I thought it was really cool. And there's a... To take it a step further, <laughs> there's a band called Papa Roach. <laughs> they, <clears throat> they have a, an album called Days of Love, Nights of War. I'm gonna pop this roach. Um, oh, nice! That word so. Good. Yeah, um, yeah they, it comes from a song on their album before that, where it says, "I lived the nights of love, I lived the days of war," and it's like there's two, there's a, there's a conflict going on. Now, I am someone that thinks that critically speaking, Papa Roach are garbage, but I wanted to simplify the thing that you had said. Days of Love, Nights of War comes from an essay from someone that I'm not sophisticated enough to pretend that I've read, so I gave the Papa Roach reference instead. Alright. Just wanted to put all my cards on the table. So listen, you've achieved this place, this intellectual, spiritual plane that you are currently existing on, and you're clearly reaping the benefits of it, like you're a very positive thinking person. To my dismay I cannot get you to get annoyed about anything no matter how hard I try like I cannot explain a thing to you and have you go oh I know you always go yeah it's funny (laughs) (laughs) so um listen what's another way that you can achieve that level of enlightenment because there are certain schools of thought that think you can achieve it through hallucinogens or psychedelics or you know some substance or just something that makes you think a little bit deeper about yourself and I think there's plenty of evidence to say that LSD makes you observe yourself in a different light or that uh, hallucinogens make you think about the things that you think all day and sort of invert it into a more positive thing yeah so um what is the first drug that jumps out at you when I make that analogy to you? Uh, for me, it is definitely mushrooms. <laughs> you like mushrooms? Yeah. So how many times have you taken mushrooms? I have taken it every single season for like okay. six years. So De- Oh, it could even be... No, I was definitely, I was definitely 19, so... Yeah, nearly... Seven years. And this man is sixty one now, so we're talking a lot of seasons. Well, the last the last fucking seven years. <laughs> so So why mushrooms? What makes them so great? 
why does that help you analyze yourself in a different way? Uh, mushrooms will make you perceive reality in a in a different way. When you say a different way, mm-hmm. and you say we relate everything in images, give me an image of a different way. Are we talking a more blurry, okay. color intensive? Okay. I give you. I give you my. I made a mistake. Probably, I wouldn't even call it a mistake, but um, at the time I thought I'd made a big mistake. You're talking uh, about your first son, and that is a terrible way. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to my friend's house. I had a load of dried-out mushrooms. I had, I don't know, maybe 200 dried-out mushrooms. And all my friends had just picked their mushrooms, so all their mushrooms were wet, so they weighed more. So they were weighing their mushrooms as wet mushrooms, and they took the amount accordingly so they took like <laughs> they took like, this is going they took like 40 <laughs> mushrooms or something right yeah so i had all my dried out mushrooms and i was like well if they're taking fucking 40 right <laughs> yeah. and theirs are wet and fresh and whatever and mine are dried out and their fucking potency might have gone down or whatever so i was like Might've. fuck it i'll take fucking 60 right <laughs> no i fucking i fucked up even more right so I took 60 and some of them started coming up on their mushrooms and whatever. So I was like, I hadn't come up on mine. So I was like, well, fuck it. I like come up on means feel the effect of. Yeah, feel the. Yeah. For the uncool people listening, I've never done <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I took. Um, I t- ended up taking 80 altogether. Fuck <laughs> And twice everyone else's yeah and you know like I don't even know how much that actually weighed and it probably isn't it mightn't be a, a crazy or significant number I don't know but I'd say it would be what it did to me was fucking insane so basically um, everything we see so I'm looking at the table I'm looking at the glasses the microphone I'm looking at everything on the table and it all has lines around it that let me know that everything is 3D so basically what happened to me was someone was talking to me and next thing and I had tripped out on mushrooms so I'd like had you know everything looks like it's vibrating I've had like hallucin like proper hallucinations where like distance your perception of distance is fuck you start shouting at people like like you know your voice goes higher because you think people are further away from you things <laughs> like that right but this shit was just fucking insane it was like every line that lets you know something is 3d dissolve <laughs> right i'm not joking and all the colors just just mushed they bled into one and it was the weirdest fucking thing ever because this was after I had like conquered like my anxieties and like one of my worst fears was going crazy and you would imagine I'm with you there yeah yeah, and you would imagine that if every fucking line that let you know something was 3D dissolved and all the colours just mushed it's not even a line is it it's a it's the dimensions around a person that it is yeah so that what melted or didn't visually what do you recall visually it melted right (laughs) okay but this is the most fucking significant part 
mentally, I was the observer of what I was seeing. Right. And I am not fucking messing. That shit, like, changed a lot of things for me. When I realized that, okay, this is just what I'm seeing, right? And I was like, I'm okay. Like, I'm just seeing this. It's not fucking... It's not going to kill me. Mm. It's just my perception of things has really, really changed. And it just fucking... I I came... Like, when you take mushrooms, it's in waves. It's a motherfucker. You have to ride this shit out, right? If you take a lot. Yeah. You have to ride it out. So you can take too much, or you can take a lot, right? And you'll hit, like, a peak, and you'll be like... You'll be tripping hard, and then you'll come down, and you'll be like... Okay, I think I'm actually grand. Like, I'm not. I'm, act- I'm actually not that stoned. And next thing, boom, your fucking all your visuals are gone, and then you come down. So it's just waves, constant waves. But you keep thinking. It keeps getting like really, really intense and high, and then you're like, okay, well, that time it can't get any more intense or crazy than that. And then that, it happens again and again. I um, one of the. I think probably the only time in my life that I bugged out from doing drugs. Like, I mean, like, that was the end of me. I was out with my mates. We were at this, uh, like, an open mic night for local music talent. It was on a Thursday night. It was when I was a YouTuber, and that was my job. And uh, I usually, what happened was I'd go out to that night. We'd watch the bands. I'd have about four pints, and then I'd be like, nah, it's too much. I used to smoke back then, so, like, alcohol is even more, like, effective. Yeah. But, uh, like, my stomach would get ropey, and I'd just head home. And um, this night, I'd had, like, six pints because I'd met a friend I hadn't seen in a long time. And um, we went back to my mate's house to smoke weed. And my friend Kieran, who has been on this podcast, so... You can tweet him about it and uh, let him know that he ruined part of my night. Kieran rolled, and I reckon there was about four little tobacco leaves in there in total, and it was mostly just weed. And apparently, it was the most potent weed he'd ever got. I kind of like suspect that it might have been laced with something, but anyway, um, I smoked the joint. We went in and laughed hysterically about a thing that was only kind of funny but at the time was the funniest thing I'd ever experienced in my entire life and then we started (laughs) listening to um, a guy called James Blake oh yeah right so listen (laughs) um, I'm a huge I'm a huge Kanye fan and the only reason that I even knew James Blake existed was because Kanye was like James Blake is the best recording artist alive so I checked out James Blake had it on my phone the lads were like, what music will we listen to? And I was like, ah, oh, Kanye, we're going to listen to Kanye. Put the thing down. It loaded up James Blake. So this was my first introduction to James Blake. While I what, was... What's on? Tri- oh, dude, I don't know. I, and why I don't know, I'm about to tell you. I was tripping balls, and James Blake's music's fucking out there. Like, his first album especially, but his... Not even his... The music he made before his first album is just really... What I thought was aliens had landed outside and they were playing their music to us and I had no way of ever knowing what that would sound like so it's like I was hearing alien music for the first time in my life <laughs> and this is the type of music they make 
while I was looking to be shit, man. <laughs> so the room came towards me, and the room went back, and the room came towards me, and then I vomited everywhere, and uh, that was a bad day. I think it was like 2011 or something. You were drinking, were you? Yeah, drinking heavily. I, I like drink and weed is always what kills me. But Man, that is just yeah. Like we're doing it right now, but Where there are, are times when I fucking say come back from the pub or fucking the nightclub and I'm after drinking a lot of pints. Yeah. Fucking maybe some shots and. I smoke weed and fucking my world turns yeah, upside yeah, yeah. down for a fucking But the few room minutes. spins and shit yeah. and your heart hey, is like pounding. Hey, but you chest. drink enough, that shit happens too, the, the same way. You drink oh, enough I've, and you try and fight that sickness. I've had, yeah. Ooh. When you, okay, you know when you're really drunk Bad and you're game. fighting off the vomiting? Yes. It's, like it's like your subconscious is talking to you. you know, there's a song by Kendrick Lamar called Swimming Pools. Have you ever heard it? Mm. I don't think so. There's a point in the song, right? I'm going to play it. Is that all right? I'll play it low. I just want you to hear it for the context of it. Hold up. Frank, Frank. Headshot. Frank, Frank. Sit down. Frank, Frank. Stand up. Frank, Frank. Pass out. Frank, Frank. Wake up. Frank, Frank. Fade it. Frank, Frank. Now I done grew around some people living their life in bottles. Granddaddy had the golden flask, backstroke every day in Chicago. Some people like the way it feels. Some people want to kill their sorrow. Some people want to fit in with the popular. That was my problem. I was in a dark room, loud tombs, looking to make a vow soon. So there's not much else to say at this point we were completely wasted uh we vegged out and listened to music and ate like a hundred packets of doritos and then what followed was basically me wrestling with kendrick's conscience from the second verse of this song so hopefully you enjoy that or whatever what drug are we talking about here? Mushrooms. Mushrooms, right? Yeah, be, I, I don't know. You just you, you think on a different plane. You, um, you know, you see, you just see things differently for a while. And when but you then come you back, come back to yeah. What's it feel like then? It's weird. You keep analyzing what just happened or what you just thought or. That's if you take enough. Like, I've taken, like, shitty amounts of mushrooms and fucking... You get a bit of a body feeling that would probably freak some people out. But I don't, you get little rushes and shit like that, but... I get that when I look in the mirror. I don't fu- I never told you this. I took mushrooms one time when I was in second year. And um, it was literally... I took one and we were eating some crisps that we brought... Because apparently you get really hungry. And uh, the crisps ended the mushroom buzz. So, like, the buzz was gone straight away from food. Yeah, well, if anyone ever fucking... <laughs> Man, I have a fucking funny story about taking mushrooms. Tell us. <clears throat> so, 
a couple of the lads were heading to Canada and we ended up taking mushrooms as a kind of a I don't know, it was a little going away and it was whatever, but um, we were drinking mushroom soup or mushroom tea. and uh, Mushroom tea? Yeah. That sounds fucking yeah, disgusting. And the thing about it was that they put in whatever amount of mushrooms and they hadn't a fucking notion of what the dose of a <laughs> cup or half a cup or whatever. Right. So they were just testing the boundaries. So I arrived onto the house and they were all after taking a cup each. They were all whatever. They're, you know, coming up. The reverse of your first Yeah, we were drinking and we were smoking weed as well, right? And anyways, everyone started coming up and I kind of, I was like, right, I'm fucking, I'll drink, you know, a a full cup if, if, you know, a couple of lads are after doing it. Mm. They're all right. I'll do it. So drank drank a cup and we were sitting out the back and there was like fucking ten of us out the back of the house hitting bongs and fucking just chatting shit and next thing one of the lads steps up and he's like you know kind of moving through everyone he's like um, I have to go to the have to go to the toilet shuffling his way through the crowd so you see him walking in through the kitchen down through the hallway and into the jacks and you can see him in the jacks. It was like, you know, you could map out his yeah. fucking, his steps every yeah. single bit. So he's taking a piss. Next thing, all you see is just this black figure just go out of the bathroom and then nothing. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So we're all fucking, we're all tripping. We're all fucking fairly stoned. This motherfucker decides to do a Houdini. <laughs> so Philly, um, Philly jumped up and he's like, he's like, where's Liam? He's like, he just went, he he just went through there and fucking, I didn't see him after that. We're like, oh, hardly jumped up, looked in through the window. All he sees Liam on the ground, right? So we ran in. Liam was on the ground and there was a little fucking pool of blood by his head right and he was white as fu- he was pasty as fuck we thought he was dead right um, this is a great story so, so far so a few of us picked him up right and uh, there was like three of us picked him up me, Jamie and someone else and next thing Jamie looked at him and f- because he was dripping freaked the fuck out and fucking just like ran away just fucking Walked away, he was like, ah, oh, he was like, I can't. So I was holding Liam, the next thing he fucking makes this exorcist fucking type shit noise and, uh, like, comes back to life. And he's like, what happened, what happened? And next thing, like, he's, he's just, he's grand. He's wondering what happened. And next thing he just goes, gone. Like, head back, fucking eyes rolled back, gone. And he had a massive fucking cut on his fucking forehead. He was he was proper busted up. He was bleeding fairly bad. Um, and he didn't have a fucking clue what happened, where he was, anything. But all of us were tripping. Like, we were fucking, you know... It was heavy. It was a heavy shit. 
But um, one, of, one of the lads started crying, right? One of the lads started crying because he thought that the whole situation, what had happened was Liam <laughs> went in and broke a glass off the ground and tried to cut his wrists and kill himself. He freaked the fuck out. What actually happened? He was at, right, I'll tell you what happened. He hit two bongs consecutively, right? So he hit a bong, like, took a breath out, then took another bong, hit the full bong, and took a breath out. And he just fucked himself up. Like, he had been drinking, he had been taking mushrooms, and he had been what, hitting he bongs. Hit, he hit his head off the wall and, like, actually no, bled? No, he walked out of the bathroom and said, I, th- I think, I think he said that... He just all he remembers is just going through the door. So what? What caused the blood? He just oh he passed out, hit his head off the ground, knocked himself clean <laughs> out, and then when he came to again, he was tripping. Why is and this he didn't a know. funny story? To you? It's fucking hilarious. This is horrendous. Man. I know, yeah, but you have to laugh at these things. You no, know, I'm laughing at how nonchalant you are about okay, this. Okay, I'll tell you another story about about. The, <laughs> Did someone tell die? you another really really funny story? It's not really, really funny, but the fact that I brought it up is funny. <laughs> um, the, Do I want to hear it? <laughs> the fella that thought he had broke the bottle and cut his wrist came up camping with us before, right? So we're having this nice fucking camp, fucking fire, barbecue, yeah. Yeah. all that shit, right? And next thing, the fire started to go out. It started to... I think it started to rain. And... I had brought a bottle of petrol. <laughs> Obviously. <Naturally. laughs> Why did you? You see where this is going. Why did you have it's a bottle so of petrol? It's so bad. It is so bad. I should I, like I shouldn't have laughed. But Why are is. you like this? But wait till you hear the story. It's fucking nuts, right? So I had to grow up with this man. So it was so it was raining. So I took out the petrol Why? and I fucking started pouring it on the fire and. <laughs> Um, that was grand. You were one the of the most up. irresponsible children. And I kept fucking spraying it on the fire, right? <laughs> How old were you? And next thing, I was like 16. Fucks. So next thing, the fucking flame comes up and into the bottle. Shocked. So I fucked the bottle down onto the fire and everyone was like, run. <laughs> right? So everyone started running, right? And nothing, nothing happened. So we're all fucking standing there for like, I don't know how long, and nothing happened. And Queenie ran in. I shouldn't, shouldn't have said this name in case I... I don't think he's listening. He's definitely going to listen to this because I'm going to tell him <laughs> to listen to this. Queenie, subscribe and rate me on iTunes. Yeah, Queenie, you're going to like this. So anyways, fucking Queenie ran in and started, right, and I'm... I'm just saying this. It started blowing on the fire. <laughs> All right. And so I assume he put it out there. No, and and Matthew, one of the fucking other lads that was with us, ran in and fucking kicked the fire, and it hit the fucking petrol. It hit the bottle. The bottle went up in flames, sprayed all... This is where it gets serious. Sprayed all over Quinny, right? G- 
gave him like third degree burns on his face, his arm. When we put you laughed, I'm not before you told. I laughed before I told it, but it's not the actual thing that happened. Him is not funny. His fucking face, everything went up on fire. Everyone was trying to put it out. It was fucking sick. So he, anyways, he was grand, and he kept saying like he was like, he was like. Uh, my face is so hot he was like my arm is so hot and all of us were fucking we were stoned and drunk and we're like shit like Quinny's you know in a bad way or whatever so <clears throat> Quinny had to go to the hospital and he went to the hospital and found out because he couldn't feel the burns on I think it was his left hand the doctor was asking him, like, you know, is there a reason why or whatever? And he said that he hasn't felt any pain or any, like, sensation in his left hand for a long time. So they did test on him and they found out that he had a thing called syringomyelia, which is basically where a part of your brain bridges a gap between um, spinal fluid between your brain and the spine and what happens is that pressure builds up and the spinal fluid forces its way through your spinal cord down through your spine and damages nerves so he lost his ability to feel pain so he lost his ability to feel pain but because of what because of the um getting burnt from the bonfire um he ended up finding out that he has syringomyelia so he ended up having to get surgery we even did a fucking like a charity night in in a nightclub did you do your rendition of seven nation army no no i didn't break that shit that was a one night special yeah man you can't ever replicate greatness like (laughs) that like you know yeah that's true that's why there's no that's why there's no live albums of the Beatles it's because they did it they they don't need to fucking anyway yeah continue can't remember really yeah so every time I interject you forget everything yeah man I have right I have ADD or ADHD yeah I know I don't know even if if you can call that a thing I have a thing where I will just literally I'll forget shit very very quickly that's weed that's not a thing that's smoking man I've had that I went to a special school for that um when I was like is your mental health history thing is that a big file that they have to go through like six pages of and it's all in alphabetical and they're like yeah calisthenitis he has calisthenics well, it kind of it kind of is like I was like four or five years old. You don't need to elaborate on this for the audience. I don't give a fuck. Okay. This is a really good story. I was like four or five years old. My parents brought me to a psychiatrist. They were like, "He's just, you know, too wild. He's all these different things." And the psychiatrist said that I have ADHD. So at like, I don't know, I was a five, maybe six years old, I ended up on fucking Ritalin, right? 
And I've taken drugs, okay? And I've taken speed. And I've taken Ritalin. And I know that when I'm on speed, my focus, my everything is just impeccable. What speed pills are you taking? Was I taking? No, like what What was the brand? I was actually taking speed, like illegal. So you, you bought it off some guy in the street? Like, yeah. Uh, Obviously. Well, what's the... <laughs> they take some American... Uh, in America, they prescribe... You're taking, um, Yes. Yeah, oh no! Yeah, Ritalin. Oh, you're thinking yeah, Adderall. 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 Yeah. Um, Adderall. That's the cousin of meth. Yeah. Which is obviously you make a speedball, but but the I thought you were prescribed like Adderall. No, I, was, I no, but there's a huge industry of selling Adderall to students. Okay. Right. I have taken things like modafinil. Actually, we're talking about drugs. I've taken modafinil. Modafinil. If you take, if you take enough of a like modafinil if you can actually get your hands on enough of a modafinil is really good for concentration and focus and um yeah anyways and they sponsored this podcast (laughs) and we're so happy they did (laughs) but yeah so they put me on Ritalin and when you were four? I think, I don't know, I could have been five or six. Yeah. It mightn't have been from the day I was like diagnosed with ADHD. Uh, d- but for like a couple of years, my parents fucking gave me, and this is like no exaggeration, f- you know, pharmaceutical grade speed, <laughs> amphetamines. And do you think you didn't need the pills or you think you did? No, man. Right, okay. You've got this beautiful child. Listen, be- pal, I was no, related to you. <laughs> yeah, but you've got this beautiful child that, like... You call yourself beautiful. Yeah, in a, in how, a past, in a past tense. Yeah. In the past tense, yeah. I don't care. You've got... And this, this goes for any child that is subjected to taking fucking... You think you stimulants. were... You think of it as a negative, yeah? Man, you don't think fa- you I should clarify. I'm not this saying is, this. No, this is what I'm. This is why I'm I, not advocating them doing it. I just want you. To this is it. this is why I'm saying a beautiful child, like a child that is just born with a certain way of being, and all you really have to do is channel that energy, find a way of like, you know, giving that kind of child focus. Like I like did not have and they prescribed me medication mm. and you can ask my mother my father you know family members your mother um that when i would take that i would just go quiet and have a pain in my stomach really like Is that way you had you the um a that? child that would go fucking bouncing off the walls to a child that will just sit there quietly and have a pain in their stomach, that's a really, really fucked up thing to me. Yeah. You know, like, I can't understand how... Like, you see where I'm at now with the things, you know, that I've progressed to do? Yeah. That, like, if I channel my energy and my focus into something positive and good, 
You know, it's just like, ah, oh, man, to just prescribe a tablet that they, like, you'll talk to my sister and you'll realize that, like, in the next few years, they'll be coming out saying that this drug and this drug for your brain and this and this has this, all these, like, terrible yeah, they, negative effects. They just, we're at a, a experimental phase in our fucking physiology and our... Um, Do you know uh, John Ronson? The investigative journalist. He, I've mentioned him on the podcast a few times. He's a, he's an author anyway. I've read four, I think, of his books, or maybe three. Um, but one of them is called the Psychopath Test. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a test. I think it was jumped up by a guy called Bob Hare, a Canadian guy. Um, but there's a revelation he kind of makes in it is that every body who is in a position to diagnose someone with a mental disorder so healthcare stuff um they use a checklist it's, it's the dm someone in the comment section will know because a lot of you guys actually study medicine which is really weird the crossover between midnight hour listener and person who studies medicine seems to be really large um dm dms4 or something whatever it's a book they it, they use and it's it's got a load of every mental disorder or illness is, is categorized in the book uh, and cataloged. And when they get to the right page, they have a checklist. And it's like, is the kid, I, I, like, I don't know, I'm making this up on the spot, but like, is the kid overexcited or does the kid have, do you have problems putting the kid to sleep? So it's not set in stone things. It's like, a, yeah. well, this could be true. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I do have trouble putting them to sleep. Do you think it's a thing like that? With you, like, what do you think? How do you think that the disorder has existed in the first place? Like, you you accept that it's a disorder that people get, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's what you said earlier in the card that it's a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? And I think every single person at some stage experiences, you know, a lack of attention, a lack of focus, right? Everyone has that, and it's just to what degree you have that and some people and you will meet lots of people who have an extreme like intense focus and you'll meet people who are so slow yeah I mean if you just think of your class in school there's always a guy that gets an A in everything there's never anyone that goes like sometimes he gets an A sometimes he gets a D that's everyone has a sort of a level of focus or ability to um, categorize their different patterns of thinking into yeah. one thing. Lots of people. It's amazing to me that at age thirteen you could be like, "Yes, I must get an A in this test." Like that at age thirteen you're not thinking about how to beat the level on the. You know when you completed Resident Evil Four, there was like a uh, another game, like an arcade version of it. Anyway, how people weren't thinking about that all the time instead of doing actual stuff, I don't know. But, yeah, it's it's mad that people are able to channel that in different ways when they're at such a young age. Have you ever heard of Indigo Child? Yes. They're scumbags. Yeah, Indigo Children is like... 
I don't know, it's a weird way of looking at kids that are different. It's, you know what it is? Is It's a way to capitalize on vulnerable people. Mm. Like it's yeah. The whole idea of Indigo Child is that your child is special and has magical yeah. powers because he says the thing. There's a famous example given. Cause it's so weird you say that because John Ronson wrote an article about that. Um, I think it was in The Guardian. But it was a full experience of his time traveling with um, a stakeholder in the Indigo Child's foundation and um there was a kid that was i don't know had some attention problem or something like either wasn't getting enough or was overly like boisterous boisterous in a group of people but this kid sat on some wall and said something about a train coming and it turned out that a hundred years ago there was a train line on this exact wall and they con- they conned the mother into saying, wow, my child has special powers, mm-hmm. telekinesis, or it's from another whatever. And they become a donor to the Indigo Child Foundation, which is all about astrology and mm-hmm. other pseudo, pseudo yes. not even pseudosciences, but like pseudo-sci-fi. It's, yeah. like, it's like not even an accepted practice yeah, in science fiction. Like, so. Definitely. Okay. Open your mind up and listen to me, Kendrick. I'm in your conscious. If you do not hear me, then you will be history, Kendrick. I know that you're nauseous right now, and I'm hoping to lead you to victory, Kendrick. If I take another one down, I'ma drown in some poison, abusing my limit. I think that I'm feeling the vibe. I see the love in her eyes. I see the feeling of freedom is granted as soon as the damage of vodka arrived. This how you capitalize. This is parental advice, and apparently I'm overinfluenced by what you are doing. I thought I was doing the most, and someone said to me, "Nigga, why you babysitting? Only two or three shots. I'ma show you how to turn it up a notch. First you get a swimming pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. Pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. I wave a few." so that's the end we actually never found our way back on topic after that and uh i'm sorry i guess for wasting such a potentially great conversation but we'll revisit it one day and we'll talk properly about indigo child and um prescription pills for kids and what like we think of that um i just think there's an amazing conversation to be had there and if we just had the discipline to stay uh in the zone it could have been amazing but uh hey free bonus episode so don't fucking complain too loudly obviously the song ending the show is swimming pools by kendrick i picked the second verse to close it on because that's pretty much what i spent the rest of the night doing or trying to fight and um it was difficult, so when the song is finished, I'll play some clips from, like, the gibberishy parts where we took breaks and stuff like that. And um, we'll see you on Friday with a real episode, number 87. So hopefully you guys are excited for that. I've been El De Niro. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry, and uh, until next time, peace out. Nice out. Frank, Frank. Good. Frank, Frank. Fade it. Frank, Frank. Fade it. Frank, Frank. Yes,
I'ma show you how to turn it up a notch. First you get a swimming pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. Pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. I wave a few bottles, then I watch you all fly. All the girls wanna play, they watch. I got a swimming pool full of liquor, and they dive in it. Pool full of liquor, I'ma dive in it. Pool, drink it, headshot, drink it. Sit down, drink stand up, drink pass out, drink wake up, drink fade drink Yeah, fade. which is just amazing how 90% of people, that's a fucking, uh, probably a flawed statistic. Is that fake news? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. What? I completely fucking zoned out, I forgot. What you were going to say? Yeah. <laughs> So did this I. Is, this, is, uh, this is going to happen. Yeah. Shit. It's fine. It's fine. We just plow through. Oh, if I could listen back, I could definitely tell you. If only there were a way. You can't do it, though. No. Obviously, I can. I'm not gonna, though. <laughs> what you were saying was... <laughs> 90% of people. And I think from there you were gonna yeah, say... Yeah, but what was I the same yeah. before? <laughs> cannot believe that this happens <laughs> is this going to be one of those things where we listen back tomorrow and find out that it's just two people talking absolute shit the whole way through and we think it's amazing man put that in at the end yeah. as like a, a oh, blooper yeah. oh yeah I'm gonna I always do that shit definitely man do that. <laughs> <laughs> go back and we'll actually find out so that we can this is what I thought <laughs> the last fucking two minutes while I listen no, back on that the only thing I'd edit out of it is when you said that Hitler didn't do anything wrong I thought that was a bit overboard <laughs> don't look at me like that Did you I know I'm that? joking no <laughs> <laughs> did you not that's how fucked up did you not roll I could be right joint? now I did and we smoked it that's how fucked up I could be right now that I could have <laughs> said the Hitler because I really actually do think that Hitler <laughs> So, <laughs> the one time we get stoned, I know we can't fucking. This is the continue. one time we cannot be. We can't continue the fucking. No, the conversation. I know. I know where I want to take it. I just need to. Just need to get there again in my head. What pizza place is open around here that we can order from? Uh, what time is it? Quarter. I'd say nowhere. What? Dominoes and Swords open till fucking half four in the morning. There's the market for it, I suppose. My town is better than yours. Prefer pizza. <laughs> yes. That is undeniable. We have like five places that deliver pizza. We're going to take a break. Man, that has to be... We're gonna we're gonna take a break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. At this time, KFC drive-through isn't twenty-four hours. There's no man. This is a ghost step. This is a this is a, this is a ghost step. I hate you. Go to bed. You go to bed. I, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I hate being the fucking guy from the city who comes down and is like, you've definitely got a fucking golden... If you make your bed at fucking 10 o'clock, that's it. No more shops. 
You're sleeping. <laughs> okay. Why are you acting like a taxi driver in a foreign country? That's a great joke, I just no, made. I think I was just joking. Never heard of it. Please. Go on. Yeah, but anyways. There's one 24-hour petrol station, but it's out of the way, and... They don't have a KFC. They don't have a KFC, oh, and you have to ask the cunt to get you this, oh, that, and the other, and then he's coming back, and he's like, and you're like through no, a window, I said, through a fucking window. I said, orange Lucas said, you fucking yeah. cunt. And then, yeah, and you have to break the news to him, and then he <laughs> has to recognise that he has to walk around the whole fucking shop again. <laughs> yeah. 